Good morning. Welcome to With God at Dawn. Our reading this morning, A Little Heaven Here. Zephaniah tells us in chapter 2, verse 3, Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment. Seek righteousness, seek meekness. It may be you shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. I'm thinking the day of the Lord's anger would be when the plagues are poured out. Spoken of in Revelation, don't you? In view of what's soon to come upon the earth, I, I entreat you, brethren and sisters, to walk before God in all meekness and lowliness of mind. Remember the care that Jesus has for you. All the meek of the earth are exhorted to seek him. Let self break in pieces before God. It's hard to do this, but we're warned to fall upon the rock and be broken, else it will fall upon us and grind us to powder. It is to the humble in heart that Jesus speaks. His everlasting arms encircle them, and he will not leave them to perish by the hands of the wicked. You know, God's going to bring sin to a close, to an end. There's no place for it in his universe. And so in order to bring the thing to a close, there can't be any middle ground, no neutrality. You're either for God or against him. And it has to be brought to a close. If there was a neutrality, a neutral space, place in the middle somewhere where a person just didn't decide, how much longer would it take before all of those people were finally brought to a decision? They're given opportunities and God is entirely fair. But I just think we have to realize that when these plagues are poured out, it's because he's brought it to a complete end and everyone has had an opportunity, a fair opportunity. So we have to choose. That's why it says to fall on the rock Christ Jesus and be broken. Otherwise, it's going to fall on us and grind us to powder. That's for those who chose against him in the end. It's the humble in heart that Jesus speaks. His everlasting arms encircle them, and he will not leave them to perish by the hands of the wicked. What is it to be a Christian? What is it? It's to be Christ-like. It's to do the works of Christ. Some fail on one point, some on another. Some are naturally impatient. You know, Satan understands their weakness, and he manages to overcome them again and again. But let none be discouraged by this. Don't be discouraged by this. Whenever little annoyances and trials arise, ask God in silent prayer to give you strength and grace to bear them patiently. There's a power in silence. Don't speak a word until you have sent up your petition to the God of heaven. If you will always do this, you're soon going to overcome your hasty temper and you will have a little heaven here to go to heaven in. <laughs> a little heaven. God wants his people to cleanse their hands and purify their hearts. Will it make them unhappy to do this? Will it bring unhappiness into their families that they are kind and patient, courteous and forbearing? Far from it. The kindness they manifest toward their families will be reflected upon themselves. That's right. When you show kindness to others, they're kind back, aren't they? It will reflect upon yourself. This is the work that should be carried forward in the home. So if the members of a family are not prepared to dwell in peace here, they are not prepared to dwell in the family that shall gather around the great white throne. We must seek to separate sin from us relying upon the merits of the blood of Christ. And then in the day of affliction, when the enemy presses us, we shall walk among the angels. They will be like a wall of fire about us and we shall one day walk with them in the city of God. 
So, how did Zephaniah the prophet say that we could be hid in the day of the Lord's anger? I want to be hidden. And he said that it is the meek who work judgment. And I'm going to look that up in a minute, but we want to be hidden. Let's read Psalms 91. That's a promise that describes this experience. It's a long chapter, but I think you should memorize this. Well, it's only 16 verses. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under His wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling, or he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet, because he has set his love upon me. Therefore will I deliver him, I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. That's a wonderful chapter. It's a good one to memorize for the time when our Bibles will be taken away, don't you think? But Zephaniah said that it's the meek who work judgment. I wondered, well, what is judgment? What, is, what does Zephaniah mean by work judgment? I looked it up in the 1828 Noah Webster's Dictionary because I thought there might be something that we could learn about judgment. And um, it's a really long um, definition, so I'm just going to kind of skip through it. It is the act or process of the mind in comparing ideas to find agreement or disagreement, to ascertain truth, the process of examining facts and arguments, to ascertain propriety and justice, the process of examining the relations between one proposition and another. It's the faculty of the mind by which man is enabled to compare ideas, to ascertain the relations of terms and propositions, as a man of clear judgment or sound judgment. The determination of the mind formed from comparing relation of ideas or comparison of facts and arguments. The right or power of passing sentence is determination and decision. Let reason govern us in the formation of our judgment of things. In Scripture, the spirit of wisdom and prudence enables a person to discern right and wrong, good and evil, and that is judgment, the spirit of wisdom and prudence, which enables us to discern right and wrong, good and evil. So there's more, but I think that's as justice and equity. I think that's enough for now of reading that. Um, <clears throat> so those who follow the righteous statutes of the, and the commandments of God, who examine facts and arguments to ascertain propriety and justice, and keep the doctrine of the gospel or God, of God's word, 
are the ones who this promise is for that Zephaniah was describing. Those who seek righteousness and meekness. Those who are meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment. They've worked out God's judgment. Jesus told his followers in Matthew 7, I think it was verse, no, oh, I can't read my handwriting here, 2 maybe, that we will be judged the way we judge others. Yes, that is verse 2. Um, he also said in John 6, 63, his words are spirit and life. So those who keep his words, who love their brother, will be hidden in the day of the plague's fall. <clears throat> So Psalms 91, 9, and 10 told us that if we make the Lord our habitation, no plagues will come near us. And the reasons listed are that we would be protected were in that whole chapter. Number one, make the Lord our habitation. That's verse 9. Number two, we set our love upon him. That's verse 14. And we have known his name. That's also verse 14. What does it mean to know the Lord's name, to know God's name? You know, I have believed that it's related to his name as he revealed it to Moses in Exodus 33, verses 18 and 19. Moses asks to see God's glory. And in verse 19, God said that he would declare his name. He would walk before him and declare his name. So his name is his glory. So in Exodus 34, 16 and I think 6 and 7, actually, the Lord declared his name. I'm going to read that for you so you can know what it is to know God's name. Exodus 34, 6 and 7. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. And that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children, and to the third and to the fourth generation. Wow. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? If we know God's name, we know his mercy. We know his gracious, long-suffering, his goodness and truth, his abundance. We know his mercy, his, his forgiveness, and um, his fairness and his justice, don't we? So when we know God's traits from experience, as expressed here, then we can claim this promise. This isn't just a cerebral knowing of God's name merely, but the kind of knowing that produces fruit, as Adam knew Eve and had a child. It's a personal, experimental walk. Try his promises. Obey and surrender to his will. I've got to get my rest of my notes here. Excuse me. But we read this morning, okay, that this is the way by which we may have a little heaven on earth in our homes and churches and associations. So if we know God, and I'm going to ad lib a little here, if we know God by his name, that we have known his name, then these traits will be in us, won't they? And that's why our homes will be like a little heaven. We will be merciful and gracious and long-suffering. We'll be abundant in goodness and truth. We'll keep mercy. We'll forgive iniquity. And um, we'll be just and fair and righteous altogether. I believe God wants us to be happy. Even now, as we're being tested and tried, as we learn self-denial and sacrifice for our love of Jesus. We read, or we can read in Nehemiah 8, verse 10, The joy of the Lord is my strength. Philippians 4, verse 7 says, The peace of God that, that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and minds. And one day, very soon, 
the great controversy between Satan and his angels and Jesus and his angels will be over. There's only two sides, and I want to be found with Jesus at the end, don't you, brothers and sisters? God bless you today as we go forth and begin to know the Lord more personally, to try his promises, experiment with them, trust in him, surrender to his will, and be at peace, no matter what it is he allows in your life. Dear Jesus, I just thank you for those who are here with me today. I know that you have a plan for each one of them. You know the trials that they bear. You know where they are. You know who they are. You know their heart's sorrows and joys and desires. And you have a plan for them. And I just pray today that your plan for each one will be brought to pass. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless you, brothers and sisters. I hope to see you again in the morning. Take care.